This episode of the MedBullet Step 1 podcast will go over the topic of supraspinatus from the anatomy section on MedBullets.com. In this episode, we'll go over the origin, insertion, action, innervation, and arterial supply to the supraspinatus. Starting with the origin, the supraspinatus originates at the supraspinous fossa of the scapula. Again, the origin of the supraspinatus is the supraspinous fossa of the scapula. The insertion of the supraspinatus is the superior facet on the greater tuberosity of the humerus. Again, the insertion of the supraspinatus is the superior facet on the greater tuberosity of the humerus. The action of the supraspinatus is to initiate abduction of the arm from 0 to 15 degrees, then assist the deltoid in abduction of the arm after 15 to 90 degrees, and finally stabilizes the head of the humerus in the glenoid cavity. So again, as far as the action, the supraspinatus initiates abduction of the arm from 0 to 15 degrees, then assists the deltoid in abduction of the arm after 15 to 90 degrees, and finally it stabilizes the head of the humerus in the glenoid cavity. The innervation of the supraspinatus is the suprascapular nerve, which receives contributions from C4, C5, and C6. Again, the innervation of the supraspinatus is the suprascapular nerve, which receives contributions from C4, C5, and C6. The arterial supply to the supraspinatus is the suprascapular artery. Again, the arterial supply to the supraspinatus is the suprascapular artery. To quickly review once again, the origin of the supraspinatus is the supraspinous fossa of the scapula. The insertion is the superior facet on the greater tuberosity of the humerus. The action is to initiate abduction of the arm from 0 to 15 degrees, then assist the deltoid in abduction of the arm after 15 to 90 degrees, and finally it stabilizes the head of the humerus in the glenoid cavity. The innervation of the supraspinatus is the suprascapular nerve, which receives contributions from C4, C5, and C6. Finally, the arterial supply to the supraspinatus is the suprascapular artery. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one quick question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A 24-year-old baseball player comes into his physician's office complaining of right shoulder pain that has been going on for several weeks. He has been training intensely during this time period and feels that the pain has gotten worse. The pain is sharp with movement and has started to throb even at rest. On exam, the patient's vitals are all within normal limits. Both shoulders are symmetrical with no gross deformity, erythema, or muscle atrophy. It is painful for him to actively abduct his right shoulder to 15 degrees, and the pain is worse against resistance. Passive range of motion is full. He has full active range of motion in external rotation, internal rotation, flexion, and extension. Strength is 5 out of 5 in all muscle groups. Sensation is intact in all dermatomes, and his radial pulses are 2+. He has minimal tenderness to palpation over the bony prominences of the shoulder. On physical exam, the patient has a positive Job's test. The muscle that is most likely injured in this patient is innervated by which nerve? And the choices are 1, axillary nerve, 2, median nerve, 3, supraspinatus nerve, 4, suprascapular nerve, and 5, upper and lower subscapular nerves. The correct answer to this question is 4, suprascapular nerve. So the patient described in this vignette has a classic presentation of a rotator cuff injury with decreased function of the supraspinatus muscle. 
The supraspinatus muscle is responsible for the first 15 degrees of shoulder abduction and is innervated by the suprascapular nerve. The first step to answering this question is to localize the injury. The physical exam for the evaluation of any musculoskeletal injury should include visual inspection, active and passive range of motion, strength, palpation, and neurovascular examination. Special tests such as the empty can test or Job's test may also be helpful. Painful abduction during the first 30 degrees and the positive empty can test points towards injury of the supraspinatus muscle. The next step to answering this question is correctly identifying the nerves that innervate the muscles of the rotator cuff. The suprascapular nerve innervates the supraspinatus and infraspinatus muscles. While this presentation is most consistent with muscle injury, damage to the suprascapular nerve itself can also cause rotator cuff dysfunction. If there is nerve injury, the physical exam would show atrophy of the muscles of the rotator cuff over time. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, the axillary nerve, innervates the deltoid and the teres minor muscles. Pain with abduction above 15 degrees would indicate decreased function of the deltoid muscle. Answer 2, the median nerve, innervates muscles of the forearm and hand and has both motor and sensory functions. It passes through the carpal tunnel and is classically involved in carpal tunnel syndrome, which can be tested using Phelan and Tinell's tests. Answer 3, the supraspinatus, is the name of the involved muscle. However, there is no supraspinatus nerve. The muscle is instead innervated by the suprascapular nerve. Answer 5, the upper and lower subscapular nerves, innervate the subscapularis muscle, which is responsible for internal rotation of the shoulder. So now we'll leave you with the bullet summary, and that is damage to the supraspinatus muscle will lead to weakness and pain during the first 15 degrees of shoulder abduction, whereas the deltoid contributes after 15 degrees. The classic empty can test used to diagnose injury to the supraspinatus and this muscle is innervated by the suprascapular nerve. That's all for this review about the supraspinatus. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or app while going through the topic. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.